Department of Promethean Science, stealing fire from the gods to make a better life for you and me. It is Sunday, February 26, 2012. On the show today, uh, I have Phil Meister, who is a uh, friend and fellow improviser. Uh, I play with them on the uh, Improvised Foley Show, Chicago Supersonics at CIC, and uh, I had the privilege of watching him there on his team, A Dozen Red Roses. Um, he's just a, a great guy and a phenomenally strong sort of improvisational actor. Um, massively understated, but really powerful and one of the most true and believable guys that I think you could have the privilege to see. Sort of, if you... If you see him a couple of times, you kind of start to realize just how fantastic he is and kind of what a torchbearer for at least what I think this thing should become. So uh, I've been wanting to have him on the podcast, and it was really exciting to um, get him on. Uh, so uh, we can look forward to that. Um, got a uh, great suggestion from a uh, former guest, uh, John Pantlin, that we improvised from. I'll mention that a little bit later. If you'd care to send a suggestion for uh, myself and a guest to use on a future podcast, please do so. Send it to prometheanscience at gmail.com. That's P-R-O-M-E-T-H-E-A-N, science at gmail.com, with the subject line suggestion. Then I won't read that until right before we improvise, and uh, we'll read it and go. If you've had, got any other correspondence, um, and I've had a, a number of a really great emails from folks lately, so uh, thanks for talking to me. I know I only check that email maybe once a week, so I may be slow to respond, but I, I really appreciate all the great feedback and, and um, the purported value that folks are getting uh, from this. Uh, that's valuable to me. Um, just uh, shoot me an email with anything else on the subject line, and I will read it as right away as I check that email address and try to get back to you. Um, this week, uh, I'm going to endorse, um, a book that I just read, um, that, uh, was really, really funny and kind of awesome. Um, Ellen, uh, Haig had at one point sent me a list of, um, from Boing Boing of suggested, uh, Christmas gifts. Um, and of course I didn't buy any Christmas gifts from, for anybody else off of it, but there are a few things on the list that I was like, oh wow, how did I miss this this year? Um, and so I bought, um, some books from it for myself, uh, cause of course what I need is uh, more books to add to the backlog. But, uh, I just read a, a book called, um, the Cobalt Wizard's Dildo of Enlightenment Plus Two, uh, that I really have to recommend. It's a lampoon kind of on not only Dungeons and Dragons, but sort of the experience of Dungeons, playing Dungeons and Dragons when you're a confused, um, sort of uh, sexually um, undeveloped 14 year old boy hanging out playing with other 14 year old boys and um, sort of uh, what, <laughs> how how sort of stunted that whole thing can be. Um, and, uh, it, it's, it's great. It's hilarious. I laughed out loud a bunch, but at the same time, you know, it sort of accurately paints how sociopathic and psychotic, um, undeveloped young men can be. And so, uh, it's also kind of horrifying and affecting and, um, you know, there's, there's moments <laughs> where it's almost as, it, it's almost as disturbing 
and uh, revealing a- about how uh, human beings can be is like Cormac McCarthy's The Road. There are points when I was absolutely chilled by um, what was so kind of soberly revealed in it that, that I really have to recommend it. But uh, forewarn that, but forewarn anyone who does pick it up that. Although it can be really funny if you have developed any sense of moral conscience, um, it's going to be a, a trial to get through as well, but a rewarding trial. So I'd really recommend that, especially apt um, because uh, we, Louie and Ellen and Mary Wynn and Phil and I recently uh, played a little bit of Dungeons and Dragons for a while. That was a, a, that was a great time and not as morally bankrupt as what you might read about in that particular book. Uh, and hopefully we'll pick it out, back up again because we really only got through one chapter. If you have never played Dungeons and Dragons, really got to recommend it if you uh, can get with a good group. It's a wonderful sort of um, communal storytelling um, experience much like improvisation. So uh, with that little sidebar out of the way, um, let's get on to uh, the scene that Phil and I improvised um, from a suggestion from John Pantland. Uh, here's our scene, and that suggestion was Tantric Grandma. I just, I'm not sure how to keep it fresh. Oh, boy. Well, don't worry. You've come to the right place. Just have a seat, and I'll pour you a little orange juice. Oh, thank you very much. You're you're welcome. I know this is weird. I appreciate you. No, no. You know what? I appreciate you uh, realizing that I could still be a sexual being at 79 years old. You know, uh, your, your, your mother won't talk to me about anything like this. It's gross. And uh, I think, you know, everybody else is, um, you know, they just see me as something that has had its time and is all over with. But whenever I've talked to you, I always feel like you've, you've still got a fair amount going on. Whenever I come, there's always a different different man leaving your room. Well, it's, I, it's because I it's wide open for me now. I've had my family and now I have my fun. You know, Seymour, God rest his soul, was a wonderful companion, but I've got other barriers to explore. I mean, not that I can go unfettered. Have you heard about how rampant AIDS is in senior homes? In, in yeah, no, no. Yeah, absolutely. It- because everyone thinks that after you lose reproductive ability, then there's no reason to protect yourself. But that's... Not true. So just keep that in mind. I may uh, be free, but I'm not reckless. So, so you are using oh, protection. Yes, yes, yes. I've got a variety of. Uh, <laughs> well, I won't show you what I'm keeping inside the chest, my 1912 mahogany chest of drawers. But it is a series of prophylactics, dental dams, and the like. It's your old grandma's very safe. That's. But enough about me. You want freshness. And <laughs> sorry, that's just you want uh, you want to keep it fresh in the bedroom. Yeah, yeah it's just with I, you and Brett. Mm-hmm. Because ever since Lulu was born, it's just oh yeah, sure. I I haven't been as interested in it. Yeah, no, that's and I think it's getting to a point where you know after nine months, it's 
we have to bring it back. I yeah. right. Yeah. Well, it's mental. It's a mental thing, you know, as much as it is a physical thing, it's mental and psychological. You know, you've got to want want it. And if you dip a toe in the water, soon enough you'll find out, hey, it's fun to get wet. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so you've just got to dip a, dip a toe in, push through those barriers. You know, it's easier to go to sleep. But if you just, if you just make that one step and say, okay, everything's telling me to go to sleep, but this is something I want... Why don't I just move a hand or a, a leg or just any slide a piece of my body on a, a piece of his body, and soon enough, you know, nature will take its course and the urges will begin to fuel you. But it's, no, it's and that you know, it's just a little push. You don't need to dive into anything too crazy right away. There's no need for um, bringing in any, you know. Uh, Toys or exploratory sorts of stuff. I don't even know where to begin with that. (laughs) Well, you don't have to begin with that. You're starting from zero. Absolute zero, right? Yes, well, a little bit of experience. (laughs) No, because you have a baby. No, no, I mean, you're you're back to zero. So, you know, your fingers are the most, uh, most immediate and pliant toy that you will ever have. So, you know... Get those fingers to work. All right. It's, it, it feels like I would be starting back not only at zero with Brett, but also going back to the beginning of my sexual experiences. And Now, are you going to feel strange about this, but your grandma doesn't know. When, when did, what was your first, se- tell your grandma what your first sexual experience was. And I'm just going to have a... A seat here. Well, it was at a Sadie Hawkins dance in junior year. Oh, junior year of high school. Of high school. <sighs> but this was just the beginning. I, I oh, didn't go is... all the way. Oh, oh, okay. I assumed all the way. I just no, assumed no. all the way. Okay. That wasn't until college. Oh, okay. Well, then I think that's normal from what I've read from your generation. Yeah, we... It was after the dance. Okay. Everybody went to a party at John Anderson's house. Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> While we were in his basement, who his parents were away in right. Florida for the weekend. Sure, sure. Basement. And yeah. Me and Clark Calverly were in a sleeping bag together. Well, that sounds like a nice boy's name. Yeah. And I used my fingers and palm and the rest of my hand to please him, and he reciprocated. Wow. Well, all right. You know what? Let's take it back to the beginning. Let's get you and Brett in a sleeping bag in my basement. Oh, I can't do it here. Your, no, we can't not? do it here. Why not? Oh, because, uh, why not? Look, your Grammy's house is a regular pleasure palace, and everyone's welcome. Oh, okay. Okay? It, can I just ask you to maybe make yourself scarce for the night? I'll stay... On the second floor. Okay. I promise I won't be in the kitchen for any reason. Okay. It's just... Sometimes I have a tendency to... Be loud. And and I would feel so self-conscious if you heard me. No, it's... Well, I mean, that's you. But your Grammy would be so proud. It would be so proud if you could, you know, open that door back up in your life. 
in your Grammy's house. Don't say I mean, this is where it all started. Own. Years and years ago, generations ago, it all started here. Your sex emanates from me, your grandmother. Well, with that, now I'm almost encouraged to be even louder than I would normally. Oh, sure. Hey, why don't we make it a little game for ourselves? And that way I know you'll go through with it. Try and make your Grammy on the second floor of her house hear you having hand-to-hand sex with your husband. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm in. I'm okay, in. <laughs> good, 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 good. And then after that, uh, if things begin to work out, I'm willing to keep the conversation open. Your grandmother knows tantric magic and can hump for 12 hours at what? a time. Yeah. How can your hips handle that? Well, uh, there's a lot of pillows and positioning, and, you know, it's... Uh, it's really rhythmic. It's all about rhythm. I suppose once you get started, it's easier to just yeah. keep going than stop yeah. at that point. Oh, so yeah, absolutely. There's a goal for you. Can you beat your grandmother's 12-hour orgasm? You're not going to know until you, were you get orga- started. You were not orgasming it, for 12 hours. It is a 12-hour orgasm. No. you were, yes. How long were you having sex if you were orgasming for 12 hours? Well, about 12 and a half hours. Half an hour of sex yielded a 12-hour orgasm? Well, you work up to it very slowly, and then when you hit it, then you go into a series of breathing techniques that just keeps you riding that high, that silver edge of life, you know, all the way to the end. But uh, then I had to take my medication, so we had to stop. <laughs> well, that's wild. That is wild. <laughs> it is It is <laughs> wild. <laughs> it is wild. It seems okay. like you must have to practice that. Oh. With years of... <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It does take practice. And the right gentleman. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But that's a stretch goal for you. So, you know, let's just get you back on the horse and uh, and then we'll work towards that. And, you know, maybe we can talk about a little light butthole play in the future. Sound good? I can't talk to you about butthole play. <laughs> oh, you'd be surprised. Now, drink up. This is good orange juice. And that's our time. (laughs) Oh, man. So obviously John set us very, really easily with a suggestion like Tantra Grandma. It's going to be really super, super duper easy to just play that. Um, Okay, great. I'm going to set the... All right. When the dog barks, then we'll wrap it up. But... Prior to that, we'll just talk about it. All right. So um, that's, I, I, I was, you know, I really liked that, uh, I really liked that scene. And obviously, like, the, just the from the suggestion, driving, actually just, like, driving at the suggestion. You get a suggestion like that, and it's kind of like, well, I mean, this is what we're going to do. You yeah. Know? And I wasn't sure exactly, like, how we were going to wind up handling it, you know? I was kind of like, well, maybe we're going to wind up being a, a couple of people that have a tantric grandma and or like you know I wasn't sure exactly how we were going to rotate onto the context of the suggestion but just hitting it straight up of like okay I'm clear I'm clearly I'm clearly this tantric tantric grandma it was just so easy to have that conversation you know it was a scene scene I really enjoyed and I think I don't even know if it was that funny but it just was an easy fun it was an easy fun scene to play and I don't know if it, it, it if it, if it's gonna be funny or not, you know. I mean, it, it just seemed like it was like a straightforward, uh, like emotional connection that was fun to keep playing. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So I don't know. Is that? I mean, is that? Is that? Yeah, I thought it was one of those that um, 
this was just one conversation that could have kept going between these two characters mm-hmm. on a different topic. She's yeah. spending a day with these yeah, characters, yeah. this granddaughter who had nothing to talk to her mom about. <laughs> and no sort of alternate confidant. Right, to yeah. Her grandmother. That idea of, of like jumping the generation, you know. And I, I forget what it was. It was, I was just in a conversation this week about how, uh, how repulsive I find it uh, when people like feel inclined to desexualize older people, you know, because mm-hmm. it's almost dehumanizing to be like, oh, you know, uh, it's uh, they're old, they don't have a right to like sexual feelings anymore. So mm-hmm. it was, I mean, as far as like once I realized that I'm the tainted grandma, I'm like, it's so easy to slip into this and just being like, okay, I'm a grandmother, and also like I'm I'm sexually active, you know, yeah. and that's like because. That's reasonable. There, there. You know, there's, there's a, no point, especially if someone who has accumulated that much life should be, uh, should should have it denied of them. You know, so it's kind of it was, it was fun and like weirdly personally topical for me to play. Yeah. You know? I love that. Just with the years of experience, you could accumulate. I like, I mean, I, well, that was one of the things I really enjoyed too, is that that point of like, what about your hips? How can you do, I mean, it was, I was just like, well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, it's all positioning and rhythm. <laughs> so that was, that was, that was fun. And I think that's kind of something that too, that I think that was, I'm happy that we had a scene like this. Cause I feel like that's one of, one of the things that's so fun to kind of particularly watch you play and is is easy to play with you about is that you're just a really good improvisational actor, you know, and you seem to be someone who is, has a a natural like, um, inclination to ground, you know, and just say like, okay, this is it. I know what my context is and I'm just going to play it. And it doesn't, I'm going to be completely respectful and honest about what it, about it and just play it. And this is, and that's the, and, and I mean, it's a real like pleasure to watch you play because of that. And I think I'm really envious of that skill because you never, you never like bail out on anything, and you never make anything shallow, you know. And so I think this was a, this was a good, a good scene to to <laughs> to capture for posterity to demonstrate that you know <laughs> there is no like I'm gonna dish out for a laugh. It was all like here are the things that I really notice and care about you know <laughs> like which is so much easier to play than you know sort of like anybody that's gonna break for a joke. It makes the people that you play with more honest. You know, stick mm-hmm. to their guns more and be like, okay, I'm gonna not indulge in dropping out for a joke because playing with someone who is all in you know all into doing this the right way so yeah I like that I like that a lot too did so was it did from from your perspective what what do you draw on when you when you play you know I mean what was it what was it what was because clearly you know I mean like you're a you're a young guy you know mm-hmm. and what but I mean, you, I think that you're emotionally believable as like a recent mother who's trying to like rediscover her, like her sexual life. Like, what is it that? What's your technique? Like, what do you draw on to find to find that? Uh, I have no idea. Um, just that seems like an interesting thing to me to uh, like just having conversations about yeah, yeah that sort of thing. Like what what it feels like to 
be in a situation like that. Um, yeah. And then just sort of uh, presenting that and exploring it just more out of curiosity than <laughs> <laughs> trying to do an interesting scene. Like, well, I think, I think that's those really... are the best. My, my favorite scenes are like, yeah. oh, when uh, at least to play, when it's just, oh, I've brought up a topic and I guess I'm going <laughs> to check it out from this perspective, see how it goes. That's, I mean, I think that's awesome. That's an awesome process thing because and such an interesting such an interesting uh like tactic for it to just curiosity you know just mm-hmm. sort of like that expressing it that way of like oh i'm just going to see how this goes you know which i th- i mean i think that's what makes a good improviser is not pre-planning or you know is making a, a moment of discovery and then just sort of saying oh well what does this mean <laughs> you know i don't know yet but i'll live it and find out you know instead of trying to write it, or try or, or trying to imagine what the end point of your scene is going to be and then just trying to mold your way into finding it you know yeah I think that's that's hard it's or it's hard it makes it less real to people you know it draws people out of reality but if you don't know then there's no way they can say I see what you're going for because you're not going for anything other than to play it and keep making discoveries right yeah you know so I think that's that's really funny um yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's sort of, and I find more and more when I'm improvising that, like, I'm just, and it's really fun. Different stuff in my life is just falling into the way that I play and, like, kind of, like, I'm just feeling comfortable absorbing things, you know, and just sort of, like, okay, this is, like, a, an aspect of my life that has been going on lately and I just happen to be playing this thing and, like, why don't I connect up to it emotionally and see what it drives me toward you know I mean so in this example like being a being a totally comfortable with sex older person who still really appreciates having it in their life you know mm-hmm. it's like it's like fun fun to integrate that yeah do you find that whenever you're talking or thinking about a subject like that is more likely to come out Whenever you play, such as this, like, I'm, yeah. this way it just sort of happened. But do you think that if it if this was if we didn't have that suggestion, how likely do you think it would be that you would play an old person who was sexual? You know, probably, I, I don't know, probably unlikely. You know, mm-hmm. like without a stimuli to do it, I think it would be unlikely. You know, it's it's like I I, th- I find the thing that winds up happening is that. I, you know, I feel so blank all the time, you Mm -hmm. know, when I start playing, you know, and there's a huge amount of like kind of intellectual gear grinding that can go on to be like, okay, I gotta, I want to find, I want to find it. I want to find my thing that connects me to this, you know? And so it's, it's just a, a huge like gift to be, to have something that just says, oh, well, here's, here's the, the piece of thing that you can react to, you know? Like, I know that I can tend to be sort of like a really heavily initiating player, but it's only because I want to get to something. Mm-hmm. But what I much more prefer to do is to react to something. Mm-hmm. But I also kind of feel like, well, that's the natural thing that everyone should want. Everyone should want to react to something. And so it's almost like I feel this responsibility to generate material or generate something that we can react to. Otherwise, I'm going to be the guy who's like you know, dragging the, dragging the, dragging everything down because I'm not 
I'm not providing that opening thing, you know. But like mm-hmm. my creative process is a reactive one. It's yeah. not in, 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 in a. Uh, it's not really a driving one. I mean, it, it. I force myself to drive, but what I enjoy and and what I what I think is the most fruitful is the reactive stuff, you know. And so having that and being reactive, it's like. It, one one piece of something can open a huge door. But if I have a piece of nothing, then it's like I'm searching around wildly for trying to figure out what where that door is, what that piece is. And then if I'm doing that, it's, by, it's, it's me mm-hmm. by default, you know? And so, I mean, I know that I'm, I'm kind of personally a character anyway, but I don't, I'm not finding, you know, I'm not trying, I'm not, manufacturing a character and saying this is the character that I'm going to be now I'm going to you know do things like I'm not actually a character driven performer I think you know I like finding characters and playing them but I don't go into things thinking what's what's my character going to be or what character can I put in this it's all like oh okay now I see what it is now I see who I am you know and if I don't have that then I wind up being more blank I wind up being Mm -hmm. more like just me so it would be rare for me to play an elderly sexually active woman I needed something to to react off of to make Mm -hmm. that happen you know like I mean my my impulse of that not knowing where it was going would be like to be you know like sort of a 16 year old version of myself and you (laughs) to be maybe my the a version of my brother (laughs) being like oh I can't believe we walked in on grandma. <laughs> Who is that guy's shoes with? They've been in there for hours. <laughs> you know, like that would be, that that was my natural reaction is sort of like to probably play something closer to myself, but then scaling it back to a more personal experience in my life, you know, of like walking in on somebody, not my grandparents. I never walked in on my grandparents, <laughs> but you know, that and that kind of like in a time when it would be at its most, uh, where it would cause the most emotional distress for me. Like, if I walked in on somebody now, I'd be like, oh, oh, sorry, carry on. <laughs> I'll get out of here. You know, but as a as a, as a a teen or a kid, it, it would be like the end of the world. <laughs> yeah. Know? that's a That seems like a real fun place to play from is putting it, whatever you're taking from it, whatever you're initiating, putting it in the most emotionally charged place. Yeah, it. yeah. Yeah. Something I tend not to do. <laughs> I end up with scenes like, like this where it's like, oh, we're having a conversation about something. <laughs> well, see, but I feel like I've seen you been, ha- run into plenty of, mo- of emotional things, too. I mean, maybe it's that it, my, my take, if you'll, if you'll permit me to, to put my observation about you out there and then have you tell, tell me whether I'm full of shit or not, is that <laughs> I think that you are an eminently reasonable, emotionally complete player. And so, yeah, maybe what your tendency is to have is to have a conversation. But I think that's great because we have, I, I think there's too many improvisers that like, you know, are ready to scream for no reason, you know. And I think in our day to day lives, it's much more healthy to be someone who is able to have a conversation and conversations are interesting. So mm-hmm. I think that's a, a really good thing if that's your natural inclination. At the same time, you're not. So I've seen plenty of players who are deadpan and won't, will not who just detach and are just in you know like intellectual only and have no emotional ability to access and we've seen you in plenty of scenes where you 
are a reasonable character who perhaps just wants to have a conversation. But if someone gets emotional with you, you scale appropriately and are, can be a very, mo- I've seen plenty of scenes where you're, where you go nuts, but in a way that a real person would, <laughs> you know, yeah. when they've been pushed too far. So, you know, I, th- I, I think that's really good. I mean, it's better than being like kind of a, I, I can be kind of a hothead. Like, and I think it's cause maybe I, I don't know, maybe I, despite my day glow hippiness that there's, you know, I've got a shirt, I've got some venom in me and a, sh- and, yeah. and a short fuse, you know, so that really? like, so that it is, re- I, I'm, I re- react severely to things and maybe it's cause I'm a little like, uh, just t- like touchy and sort of, you know, like kind of have those characteristics of autism in me where like little things can rock my world big time. And so <laughs> if that's heightened in an improvisational context, then like it is, especially if I'm seeking to get to a place where I have the most emotional investment in what's going on, it's really easy for me to fly off the handle and not try and have that be fake. I don't think it's just that like, I think you know, I've got such a massive Vulcan brain pinning me to the earth most times where that, but a huge part of that is constantly cycling through how I need to keep, how I need to have a sense of perspective about my emotions. But instant to instant, I'm a very emotional person who's just governed intellectually. (laughs) And so letting that go on stage, it's like kind of like, well, if I'm just going to flow to whatever this is, it's really easy for me to flip out of that something. Yeah. You know? So I don't know. I mean, sorry, I wound up talking about myself, but I mean, do you think that, is that, is that close to your reality as you play? Like what's the, is that, does that make sense or? Yeah. Um, I think, I think that fits. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 good well good yeah. it's a, I, 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 you know, it, I've got a lot of opinions and so it's nice to have them confirmed because <laughs> half the time I feel like you know I may just be an overreactive maniac about this stuff you know because yeah because I, you know, there's plenty of times I see improvise. I, I, I fall in love and in hate with the way that people play all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or I'm just like, that is brilliant. I love that. I wish I could do that. You know, and and then I get you know sort of obsessed with watching people and enjoying people. And at the same time, if I see somebody be sort of selfish or rude or kind of you know manipulative, then I can dial out on them really fast and just be like they're terrible I don't want to see them play again <laughs> you know and it's not it's, pro- it's probably hyperbolic in either direction but you know that's that's me um, alright that was the dog so uh, I, I feel like I've done so much talking in this I'm sorry I haven't you haven't gotten much of a word in edgewise <laughs> over anything so since that's time Here's your window. Like, what is it? And it can be as much as you want in case I really <laughs> did just totally dominate that and not allow you to talk. Like, what, uh, any, la- any last thoughts? Like, what, what this experience is like? What that scene made you think about? Any, like, anything that you'd like to, like, append to that conversation that, you know? Nope. <laughs> I got in all the words I needed. Okay, that's perfect. Well, you know, I think that probably speaks to um, how economical you are as a performer. Maximum impact for um, for 
minimum overt action. Everything <laughs> is strong and and powerful and, and modest. And me, I'm a total spaz, shooting off all the pla- uh, all over the place with uh, with lots of minimal successes and occasional nice, most fun. <laughs> uh, awesome, cool. Thanks so much for doing it. Yeah, thank you.